Sasha the Catalyst, and you are here on my show. This is Human Design for Parents and Kids, and I am your host, Sasha Clark, and I am so glad you're here. We are going to continue our series about the centers in the Human Design Body Graph. Uh, This month, we'll be talking about the Head Center and all of the wonderful energy that comes in the Head Center. But before we begin... I just want to say, uh, give a great, a great big shout out to all of my podcast guests that have been on my show in the last month. I am so honored and blessed to be um, colleagues of some, some of the most incredible human beings on the planet who are really just out putting themselves out there to try to help change the world for the better, to help people start living more in alignment with themselves, with their design, and with their their understanding of their own higher power. So I just want to say a big thank you. If you haven't had a chance to listen to some of the great podcast hosts that I've had on the show in the last month, Leo season is coming to an end, but there has been a ton of great content out there. I really Hope that you'll take some time to go back and listen to some of my friends talk about human design and talk about how they're helping change the world. And uh, maybe, and it may be inspired and blessed by that. So, and speaking of inspiration, we are going to, just in time for Virgo, Virgo season, we are going to be talking about the gates of the head and the head center. And the reason I think that's um, ironic is because gate 64, the first gate in the head, is um, is in Virgo, in the astrological calendar. So um, the head gate is actually the gate of inspiration. It's kind of the bridge or the connection between the material plane and the quantum field, um, or what we would call like the, the bridge between the... Um, the emotional self. Um, This is kind of drawing back on the information I've shared with you about Kabbalah, that there is several layers to the soul. So these are the head, the inspiration center or the head center is really connecting the lower levels of the soul with the higher levels of the soul, the higher self and the high and our definition of God or source or higher power, Um, higher parent, maybe, uh, and you can pick whichever word for God suits you. I, I definitely have my own words that I use to relate to, to God myself. Um, but just keep in mind whatever word you use to define God is also limiting God in some way. So if you're, uh, for example, if you just close your eyes for a minute and imagine a blank sheet of paper, okay? And the blank sheet of paper is all of the un, the whiteness is all of the undefined aspects of God, the things that you haven't yet encountered, you haven't yet experienced or heard about. Okay. And then you draw a circle, let's say it's about an inch in diameter on in the middle of the paper. And this is your definition of God. So now suddenly your definition or your colored in part is small compared to the infinite possibility that is right? So you've got this whole eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper that could be God, but you've defined it as this circle, right? When we limit ourselves to that circle, what happens is that we close off the ability for the infinite God to show us something about God's self. And so we begin to only relate to God through this one terminology or this one channel. And that really is limiting because 
whatever we def- so if we define God as he, we have suddenly cut off the possibility that God could be she or n- non-binary at all. Um, if we if we decide that God is is love, you know, then that means that God never feels anything else but love. I mean, so we really need to be careful about the limitations we put on God. I don't want a God that's so small that I can stick it in my back pocket and boss it around. So <laughs> that's, that's my angle on it. So you do with it whatever you want. Um, back to the head gates. Uh, this is the gate, uh, like I said, the, the, the center of inspiration. Um, so we're going to just talk about each gate one at a time. Um, before, and, but before we do that, I want to talk about the process through which we create. And I will remind you again at the end of the show about creating. So um, we're conditioned to get an inspiration in our head and then immediately turn it into a plan. Like, what's your plan here? And that actually is directionally coming from the divine down through the inspiration center of the head. If you're look, if you're thinking of the body graph, it's that first triangle, and then immediately translating it into the second triangle that's upside down, the Ajna center. But what we're really supposed to do, um, and I learned this from my teacher Karen Curry Parker, is that the energy of the head is actually supposed. We're supposed to put that back out into the field of infinite possibility, and let the universe, our unlimited version of the universe right we have let the universe decide how to bring through our root center through our body through our experience that inspiration into our experience our material realm and then we respond to it if we're a generator or we get an invitation to it if we're a projector or we get a, a clear sense of internal timing if we're a manifester or a manifesting generator that comes up from the root and through our body, right? Or if we're a reflector, we've waited through the 28 days and we feel in our body, in our experience, what it is that we're supposed to do next, okay? So we get this kind of backwards. Our not self immediately wants to take the inspiration of God and turn it into a plan and then act on it. <laughs> and that's totally backwards. We're all like trying, uh, as Karen says, we're all racing to get to the throat center, right? And manifest our reality. But every single one of the types in human design needs to learn to wait for divine timing. And um, and this is really important because most of us aren't that patient, <laughs> especially, you know, when I read stuff like you've got three seconds to capture people's attention on your website. I'm like, three seconds? I don't know if I can say anything in three seconds. But anyway, um, so so that's the first thing. I want to make sure that you know that the quantum field works down through the head and then it goes back out into the quantum field and then up through the root and into the body. And we'll talk about that more as we explore the other gates, um, the other, I'm sorry, the other centers in the body graph. But I want you to know that's the direction of creativity that it's not down through the head and through the ashtra into the throat and then into the body. And when we do go that direction, we tend to be really heady, right? And it's a very um, controlling, very limiting energy that we're working with in my experience. So um, gate 64, the, the name of gate 64 in traditional human design is the gate of confusion. I like to call this the dreamer gate. And the re- um, I do have this gate defined in my chart, and I call it the dreamer gate because I find that people with this, um, this channel or with this gate defined have a lot of dreams, and their dreams are actually telling them something. 
So if you have gate 64 in your chart, or if you have a child who does, um, especially if you have the whole gate 64, the whole channel 6447 of abstraction, it's important that you listen, begin to catalog your dreams and listen to them as in uh, they may have some patterns that you would want to be aware of. Um, I t find that I, I just have a little um, folder in my Evernote on my phone. And so the first thing I do when I wake up, if I've had a dream, is I just write down the, the dream. And I have found that um, the symbols in the dream can mean pretty consistent things. Certain symbols mean pretty consistent things. I always take them as love letters from the divine and turn them into a prayer like, okay, this is the dream I had, please help me to interpret it correctly and show me the wisdom that you're trying to impart to me so that I can act on it appropriately. So um, by the way, dream interpretation isn't something that's like on my website, but if you do have dreams that you um, you feel like are rich with a meaning that you're having a hard time discerning, you are invited to use my human design help desk to bring that to me and we can um, we can bring that to the divine together and see what we what what we, we see what we learn from it together I would love to partner with you about that in in some way so um this gate is also kind of carries with it the energy of trying to figure it out when it's confused so figuring it out is an energy I'm intimately familiar with and the funny thing is we can't really figure it out whatever it is um, but I have learned that if my if I'm trying to figure it out, I'm already trying to take an inspiration and force it into the Ajna to make a plan. So, um, but we can turn that energy into a question. So again, if I'm feeling confused, if that if the gate 64 is, if I know what the next step is, but I don't really see the big picture, gate 64, that's actually how gate 64 works. It's like, it's like driving in the fog. Sometimes you can only see the next like tenth of a mile in front of you and that's all you're responsible for with this gate is just knowing what the next right step is so we can turn the confusion into a question and then just go back to to the universe and say okay I took the next step so how do you want to proceed or uh, one time I remember um the vehicle we were driving was on its like last leg and it finally died in our driveway. And I, I remember closing the door as I was getting the kids out and I looked up and I said, I can't wait to see how you're going to provide our next vehicle for us. <laughs> and it, um, so like, that's the energy of the figuring out to like, I just surrender sometimes to knowing that I can't figure it out. I cannot and just throwing it back into into God's lap and saying, I can't wait to see how you figure this out. Um, I also encourage anyone with a, with gate 64, especially 6447, to keep an idea journal. Um, so you'll have a lot of people with this energy have a lot of inspired ideas. Not all of them are meant for you to take action on. Again, so putting them, but loving them, cataloging them into a safe space where they can be loved for just the idea, they call them my idea babies. Um, you never know, someone might need one of those ideas in a week or two, or the universe might bring you an opportunity to act on those ideas. It's really cool to catalog them though, and see like, wow, I've been sitting on that idea for like six months and it's now coming to fruition. So, 
Okay, the next gate in, um, so yeah, the affirmation, I'm sorry, the affirmation for gate 64 is I only need to see the next step to trust and step forward and take that next right action. I only need to see the next step to trust and step forward and take that next right action. Okay, gate 61 is in Capricorn and gate 61 in traditional human design is called the gate of mystery. I like to call this gate the gate of the big aha moment. <laughs> and I live to see this gate go like light up. This is one of my favorite gates. Uh, 6124. I actually don't have the gate 61 at all. I have, um, but I have the channel or the gate 24 and the Ajna um, activated like five times in my chart. But anyway, um, this is a real individual um, aha moment channel. Um, or gate, excuse me, it's called the gate of mystery, the gate of inner truth, the gate of the big aha. And on, on, on a negative side or on the lower frequency side of this gate, it tends to question like, why? Why is this happening? Why am I here? Why? Uh, why does it matter? Um, a lot of questions about why. And when I was in my 20s, I and first really exploring my relationship with the infinite divine, one of the patterns I started to notice in my own prayer life is that I asked why a lot. Even despite not having the gate 61 defined in my chart, I found myself just asking why. And what it usually sounded like was, unfortunately, self-pity. It was like, why is this happening? Why are you letting this happen to me? Why can't you fix this? Why won't you make this go away? And it was really like the opposite of acceptance in my life. And um, so I, I took a sabbatical from asking the question why for like six months and tried to creatively turn that energy into other questions. So rather than asking why is something happening to me, I would ask, what are you trying to teach me through this? What is the message I'm supposed to be hearing? Um, how do you want me to respond? And those questions tended to bring me better answers. So I'm not saying that asking why is prohibited for anyone because again, you know, this is your your personal relationship with your own energy. But really ask yourself, is there a better question I could ask? The better um becoming a master question asker is really like the game of the head gates and and the head center. So turn flip it over, turn it into a different question. And then I really encourage anyone with this gate to be patient and wait for that aha to come. This is a real individual energy in the body graph. And so it's really the defining difference between knowledge, which is something you could acquire by learning things, you know, reading about things, and wisdom, which comes from applying the, that knowledge into a real life circumstance and embodying it. So. Again, I don't need to know why something is the way it is. I don't need to know why the sky is blue in order to accept that it is blue. And that is the, the affirmation of this gate. I don't need to know why to accept what is. And again, just really, if you have gate 61 or 6124 uh, or just the 24, um, I just encourage you to be patient and really breathe through the, the whys. Try to turn and flip them around into different questions and be patient because your aha will come. Your inner knowledge will be there. It's reliable for you. 
Um, and the last gate of the head is gate 63. This is the gate of doubt, and this resides in the energy of Pisces. Um, so the gate of doubt is usually um, responsible for asking questions like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what's wrong with me? What's wrong with the situation? And again, we need to turn those questions into better questions like, I wonder what else is possible. Gate 63 is also on the logic side of the circus, of the collective circuitry. So it's really looking at past patterns and trying to look at the logic of something. And so sometimes the divine is trying to defy logic in our lives and show us what else is possible. And so we, we really, a higher expression of this energy is to go, okay, this is what I'm experiencing so far. I wonder what else is possible. I wonder what else is possible, God. What could? You, what else are you trying to show me? What else do you want to experience? Because dissatisfaction with a pattern is actually our soul saying, "Okay, I've experienced that. Now let's try something else." And um, and a lot of times, if we get stuck in the "What's wrong with me?", it do we turn that um, intense energy of Gate sixty three into kind of a self abuse of sorts, and then we tend to recreate based in fear the situation we're exactly trying to avoid. So, um, so what else is possible? That's, so the three questions I want you to walk away from this, this, this podcast with is how, um, to turn, to ask divine or source or God, how do you, how do you plan on working this out? Why is this happening? Um, not why is this happening, but why are you showing this to me? What do you want me to learn and what else is possible? And those are creative questions that will help us to move forward when we're starting to get stuck in these energies. Um, again, if you're working with children with these energies, asking, teaching them to take their questions into prayer is probably the most important lesson of this particular module. So, um, and then the affirmation for Gate 63 is that doubt is normal and it is the wind under the wings. It's the wind under the wings of faith. Doubt is always the wind. If you didn't have any doubt, you would never have a need to have faith. And so doubt and faith are intimately related. Faith is being believing in something that you can't necessarily prove or see. Um, and so having a doubt that it's not really there is really the beginning of having faith that it is really there. And I, I, just because I think we could complicate spiritual matters so much, I want to leave you with this idea about what prayer is to me. Um, first of all, in its simplest form, prayer is talking and meditation is listening. And so, um, again, when we're teaching children about prayer, we're just asking them to talk and to talk to something they can't see and something they can't define yet and maybe never will. And that's okay. But then also listening and waiting and being patient for the answers to come into through the root and into our manifest reality um, but if you think of a light switch um, all of us have light switches in our houses right it, it takes a great amount of faith for me to flip that switch on and I trust deeply that when I flip the switch up that the light will come on and when I flip the switch down the light will turn off and that in its simplest form is faith I just tr faith is trust I trust that something will happen something predictable will happen if I just do these action steps of talking and listening. And so I'll leave you with that. 
Um, I hope you have a wonderful, blessed week and uh, a blessed Virgo season. And I hope to connect with you soon. Um, you certainly can reach out to me. Um, I'm at www.sashaclark.com. And I, if you have any questions about the head center or about learning to harness these energies, I invite you to reach out to me and I would love to work with you. Okay. Thank you. Shalom.